This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Turning Bones, Wes, Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, Damasaurus, The Number, Jeff, Awesome Possum Blossom, Amy, Tia, Matthew, William, Brandon, Dave, Mandy, Scott, Isaac, Karoon, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of the awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group and or Discord servers where we hang out and chat daily. Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. Oh shit, Mikey's not here yet. And I'm your <laughs> Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, and you guys make me watch them. And this week, we have a very special guest. Oh, Yay. yeah, my name, Crystal Adams. Yeah, Yay. Crystal Adams. <laughs> Thank you so much, Crystal Adams, for hanging out with us. Again, although I'm not yeah. sure. Have you, have you done a horror virgin yet? No, I have not. Oh, okay. So you were on one of our Romance in the Pot episodes. This is your first horror virgin visit. So thank you so much for stopping by while we talk about Blackula. Now, Crystal, I asked you specifically to be on Blackula <laughs> because of our shared experience with this film, or rather, oh, yeah, because. <laughs> I kept referring to, was it Vampire in Brooklyn? Yes, it was Vampire in Brooklyn. As Blackula. The Eddie Murphy movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I kept referring to it as that because, well, clearly I had not seen Blackula, Blackula yet. So otherwise, it would have been burned in my mind as not that movie. Yeah. But ha- since I hadn't seen either, <laughs> yeah, that is what that movie was in my mind. And so when we went to go, when we went to do a Blackheart rehab, episode on blackula it ended up being on vampire in brooklyn instead (laughs) i will say the thing that that vampire in brooklyn has that this does not have that i did miss is starting out a movie with the line ahoy i know and when that shit came in that's all i could hear i was like where is he to yell ahoy ahoy Ahoy. motherfucker and that's in vampire brooklyn Yes, yes, it's like the first line of the movie. I'm going to have to find that and drop it in somewhere in this episode, so be looking out for that. You don't even get a chance to register the fact that Eddie Murphy is a vampire, and they're already like, ahoy, motherfucker! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should probably address why Mikey isn't here. Uh, yes, uh, Mikey will probably join us at some point during this episode. Yes. We're not sure when. He <laughs> was called away to do some very important work that he does from time to time for his day job. But uh, he'll be here at some point and will be joining us whenever that is. Yeah, it, it's a bunch of uh, scheduling weirdness today. But you know what? I think it's kind of fitting for this movie. I think oh, it man. is. So, okay, let's talk first impressions <laughs> about Blackula then, because I have some thoughts and I'm really wondering what you guys think. Uh, I'll go first, okay. uh, because as we were talking before we started recording, I have a controversial stance on this film. I liked it. I can't. You know what? I am going to fight you. You know what? Hear me out. I get that it is bad. Don't I understand? Yeah. Okay. I get it. To quote the movie, sir, are you ill? Yes. (laughs) I am ill to the max. And so is this movie. Here's my experience with it. I had seen clips from this movie in school and the trailer and the trailer is cut very much in a black exploitation style and so i was expecting dolomite with vampires now i don't know if anyone's ever considered making dolomite with vampires i think we should yeah but that's a different movie netflix just called and they want to give us 10 million to make it <laughs> like Paige, here's 10 million dollars yeah. that's too much money actually i know yeah. we'll have to pocket at least 9.5 of that to do it right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> 
that's what I was expecting. And instead, what I got was like a crime noir with vampires that actually had a coherent story. And I was like, what? And it's paced pretty well. Like, it's shot bad. Makeup's bad. Sounds bad. All of the production is bad. It's the 70s. But as I was watching it, I was like, okay, the storyline with the medical examiner is super interesting. And it's not dragging Yes, it's strange that it's a vampire and that she's immediately like, I love you. Let's go do this. That's all weird. I mean, Paige, listen, if you have sex with someone once and they tell you I love you, I completely got why he was like, all right, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> like, he like bones out immediately after she says that. I kept thinking <laughs> if someone remade this today, which I heard that they're doing, but I'm sure they're probably going to make Dolomite with vampires and not do what this should be. If somebody remade this today and did like a serious crime noir with a medical examiner hunting for vampires, I am so aggressively here for that that I found myself legitimately really enjoying this movie. So, Paige, we could call it Dr. Helsing. Oh, <laughs> you could. Somebody call Daniel Radcliffe right now. No. <laughs> it's still got to be Blackula. So somebody call John Boyega. Oh, that would be great. And let's do yeah. modern day Blackula. Okay, but I do want Daniel Radcliffe in it. But he's just like a chiropractor, <laughs> but insists on everyone calling him doctor. <laughs> or, or Daniel Radcliffe as one of the interior designers. Yes. Who's just like, I love yes, it. I, yeah. I heal your design. <laughs> like your house is busted. I heal it. Please call me doctor. So yeah. So I enjoyed this movie. Yes, it has its problems, but I actually really liked it. So based on what you said, I feel like we're pretty aligned like i thought this movie was functionally <laughs> terrible like it was very hard to watch but mainly because anytime they they were in a room with like stone walls all i could hear was the reverberation off of the walls and not what they were saying like it sounded like they were in a pool it was terrible but i didn't hate the story i didn't hate like the movie like the production really bothered me of this uh-huh. it's the same reason i tell people who want to start a podcast like get good gear because yeah. If it sounds like shit, no one's going to listen to it. Blackula is a good example of that. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't hate it. Except that a lot of people watched it <laughs> despite well, that. Well, okay, but th- this came out in a time where that was sort of normal. You know, like yeah. 70s yeah. movies, unless you're like the French Connection or like the big, big movies from that time period that had big, big budgets. They all sounded like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Crystal, how did you feel about this movie today? I was like, what the hell did Paige <laughs> get me into? Yeah. I was not prepared for this on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, honestly, to be fair, as much as this was like not a good movie in my opinion <laughs> i i should say i was smiling the whole time yeah yeah i like, had a blast <laughs> there were a lot of scenes where i was like i cannot wait to talk about this specific yeah. thing yeah i cackled at the top of my lungs every time he turned into a bat yes what? i was like oh my god black people in the 70s were so afraid of talking to the police that they refuse to ask how policing actually work uh, because <laughs> <Yes>. nothing 
so many times are you telling me that a medical examiner does not run police investigations hang on or like exhume bodies with his girlfriend late at (laughs) night like i was like we are so afraid of the police (laughs) we can't we can't even get it we also need to say we have all called him the medical examiner that is not what they call him in the movie yeah because i don't think okay wait what is he they call him the science investigator it's just not a real thing and it took me a couple scenes of him in the morgue talking about how he was examining bodies and was going to perform autopsies and i was like oh he's a medical examiner but like it took like context clues to see that that's what was happening. And also he's examining the body like in the cut. Co- like they have it set up for the funeral already. And I'm like, no, no, no. This should have happened oh, long before. Right. He just happens to be going with his wife who knew that guy who died. Yeah. So he is not going there to do an examination. He's just that kind of guy who shows up and is like, oh, I produce podcasts. Yeah, all this sounds like shit. Let me show you how to do this right. <laughs> like, he's that level of du- Like, he's me, but if I went to a podcast convention. When that scene happened, I literally was like, oh, I see what happened. Like, because it is very common for, like, there are a lot of Black-owned funeral homes. I was like, they have an uncle. He owns a funeral parlor. This was in the budget. And I was like, they just didn't have a budget for like medical shit. But then for later, like a hospital table. But then they have them they later. Were, they have them more. I was like, wait, see, so wait. <laughs> Although I don't know, I don't know if either of you noticed, but the police station and the morgue were clearly the same set, just redressed. Hey, yes. we noticed. Yeah. yeah, like there's no way we didn't notice that. I mean, the police station is really just the boiler room of that office park they did this in. Yeah, yeah. I have some notes on locations. Most oh. of this was filmed in Watts, and then um, oh, wow, specifically okay. at a power plant in Playa del Rey for the end. Oh, of course, so. yeah. When they go to the underground chemical factory in downtown L.A., yeah, where he amazingly moved his coffin to. Yeah, which we didn't see. Blackula walking down the street with a goddamn coffin. I will remind you that in Terminator, they do go to a crazy underground factory that was in downtown L.A. So potentially. Okay, okay. It exists. Listen, Paige, I love that you are pitching me a shared universe between Blackula and Terminator. <laughs> and if we don't get that movie where Blackula comes back to save us from the Skynet machines, I'll be upset. Think oh. about it. Because what can Blackula, like his biggest weakness would be against someone with no blood. That's true. Because like, that's a challenge. Oh, holy shit. I'm cutting this out. We're making this page. We're going to write this. <laughs> His other biggest weakness is needing a towel all the time. This man sweats, sweats the entire so movie. Oh, my God. I was like, <laughs> it's good that he's wearing all black. Because if not, you'd be able to see through all of his clothing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you why. I didn't find <laughs> very specific notes about this. I just know that the budget was super low and they had no money. And back when I was in film school, the way that we would get around that but still light sets was to buy construction work lights. But oh. in order for it to work, you have to stand so close to them. Yeah. 
it's like unbearably hot. Yeah. It's the worst. And we shot a black exploitation style film in college with work lights, and all of my actors are just like caked oh, yeah. in sweat the whole time. It was like so, James Brown up in that piece. Like, yeah. So I think that is why. But also, uh, I think there's some uh, makeup questions, and <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll have to address it as we go because there's some things that like for as much as i was enjoying this movie there are some things that are unavoidable as far as like what you can see and my favorite was that his facial hair changes when he becomes when he vamps yeah. out yeah yeah when he vamps out but i don't know if they just would occasionally lose pieces of it along no. the way no. like spirit gum would fall off <laughs> No, Paige, I think they were doing little bets to his mustache. If you look at them, they're, they're like little bats. Well, because it changes okay. throughout the movie. But there is one scene where there's a bat on each cheek, a, oh, a no. facial yes. hair. I swear yes. to God, it's amazing. What I thought was happening <laughs> was they were probably attaching it with spirit gum. And mm. when you sweat... It just like things fall off your face like spirit mm -hmm. gum just can't hold shit with sweat on it. So I figured that they were just like losing pieces yeah. of it. <laughs> I mean, some of, some people look straight up green in this movie when they're vampires. There is no consistency among the vampire. Oh, yeah. makeup. I don't understand that at all. Like, are they lizard people or are they vampires? What are we doing? I think it's supposed to be who's been dead longer because this movie seems to make some sort of distinction, but then not really. Yeah, I was like, dear Lord, please don't ever make me have to play an ashy vampire because <laughs> they poured so much talcum powder. I don't know what the hell they did. Poor they Bobby. They were the ashiest. <laughs> please let me be a lotioned up vampire. Please, God. <laughs> we should just get into the movie, though, because we clearly have a lot to talk about, Paige. So much. Uh, so we open on a mansion and we have a title card that says Trans. Pennsylvania 1780 Castle Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> She's already laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, because right out the gate, madness. Yeah. It was like, it's, it felt like we started in the middle of the movie. Anyway. No, going. it did. I literally, I watched this on Pluto and Pluto has ads. And there was Blackula, yeah. and then there was Scream, Blackula, Scream, that was like the next year. That's the sequel with Pam Greer. Wow, oh, okay. Shit. So I thought I had clicked on the wrong one, and it had started like in the middle. Like I was <laughs> yeah. like, what is happening? I have no idea what's going on, and I have to turn on subtitles immediately because everyone sounds like they're Same. in a pool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, again, yes, everyone sounds like they're in a pool because it's very clearly a soundstage, but they're not boom mic. No, they're not. It reminded me of the scene in Black Dynamite where the boom mic falls into the shot except there clearly isn't one i wish it had because it would have sounded so much better all the walls are made of plywood with like stone painted on it like the inside of a medieval times yeah but at the same time i was like they didn't have a budget give them credit where credit is due and then right out the gate count dracula launches in with hardcore old-timey racism yeah where he's like i've never entertained people from the dark continent and you're like dude it's the first line of the movie it literally <laughs> is it is like the most offensive opening line since blazing saddles oh yes i was like oh wow okay we're going for it yes and essentially they they sit down for drinks after a dinner we kind of find out that they've like just gotten back from a dinner with other 
local European counts. I thought that they had hosted it and everyone had just left and they were like going back for a nightcap or something. That makes sense, too. Uh, It's not super clear. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's not. Because Mama Waldy wants to talk specifically to Count Dracula about helping end the slave trade. Ow. (laughs) I'm like, what pool does he have? I don't get it. (laughs) I mean, he's a count. I don't don't know. I mean, probably zero. He he could be zero help, probably. Mm -hmm. The movie implies that they want to join what sounds kind of like the United Nations, but like wasn't a thing at the time that existed Mm, historically uh and so it implies that like he can introduce him to a bunch of his other european count friends and they can collectively try to stop the slave trade Mm -hmm. which like it was another one of those things where i was like if we made this today and blackula becomes a dracula because he was trying to stop the slave trade that's super interesting yeah but this movie does not really explore that much more after this i mean this scene exists just to set up count dracula as a terrible person like yeah you know they ask him help us stop the slave trade and count dracula says more or less why that shit's dope like yeah it's it's making me rich yeah it is terrible (laughs) i was watching this like i think i'm sorry to understand black exploitation this is the first black exploitation movie i've ever watched and i get it (laughs) (laughs) very confident (laughs) yeah no i get it i like it well i at first he's like well it makes me rich and to his credit mama waldi is like i get that it makes you rich but it's also horrible so like can we stop it Mm -hmm. and he's like why would i i would love to have a slave like your wife and i'm like why would that be your next (laughs) sentence holy shit Mm -hmm. like he has no idea how to like talk to anyone no (laughs) and so blackula is like look dude like i wanted you to introduce me to your friends this is why and he's like hey i don't know why you're calling me rude you're the one who comes from the jungle and i'm like really (laughs) i mean i know it's dracula but damn yeah i mean dracula was not known for being like a great compassionate nice guy so like that's fine it's whatever but i was like wow this guy's really leaning into being an asshole (laughs) yeah 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 and with a smile too you're just like every huge asshole i've ever met was smiling at me when they were being an asshole that's what they do yeah i oh sorry you're probably gonna get into because we really do launch into the vampire thing real fast oh yes we're like 30 seconds from full-on vamp yeah all of this (laughs) argument is immediately forgotten because he sicks his butlers on him and my favorite is that mama waldi just slaps one of the butlers into a wall and that (laughs) butler is down for the count never to reappear again well i don't know if you saw this page but when he lands on that wall the wall shakes so clearly (laughs) he put some force behind that slap even better than that (laughs) he throws the other butler across the table knocking over a candelabra full of lit candles at which point i was just like oh my god this whole set's gonna fall like set on fire (laughs) but then the immediate next cut all the candles are back and then the immediate (laughs) next cut all the candles are gone (laughs) so the candles just appear and disappear on that table at will and if you think that's the only continuity error in this movie you are wrong it it was the rumble outside of the jungle what yes. it was. Oh. Exactly. And they end up getting into a fight of torch versus sword. Torch versus sword, but the weapons are grabbed from the wall. Yes. And that wall was in a spirit Halloween store. <laughs> and that and that wall has tons of weapons, but like Mama Waldi grabs the fire. 
yes. right? Because I guess it's he's from the jungle. That's all he's ever known. Oh, I didn't I didn't get that. No, it's it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It's, and you're right. There is a sword right fucking yeah. behind him, and There's it's like, like just as big as the other guy's like Final Fantasy sword. Like it, it would have been a more fair fight. Yeah. Yeah. See, in in my <laughs> mind, he was just like swords can only cut you, but I can also bludgeon you to death with this thing that's on fire. Mm. But I don't know. Either way, it wasn't a great choice because they do eventually apprehend him. Yeah. Yeah. And his wife. <laughs> and his wife. And Luba. we get introduced Luba. to not only the fact that not only the <laughs> fact that it's Count Dracula, but that he's got like a harem of Dracula babes who are green for some reason. Right. And are just kind of like <laughs> in that like one scene and then we never see them again. Yeah. <laughs> Magic. Yeah. Uh, as they've apprehended Mama Waldi, Count Dracula bites his neck and basically is like i curse you to be a vampire and you will hunger for human blood but you'll be stuck in this coffin for all of eternity and i will curse you with my name you shall be blackula a vampire like myself and he's the only one that ever says the name of the movie Mm -hmm. he said he's going to place on him his curse of suffering Mm -hmm. i said this man is already black (laughs) <laughs> Does this feel biblical to anybody else? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and I was thinking, I was exactly thinking that, which is that I was like, oh, what if Moses went to Pharaoh, but instead of the 10 plagues, he got bitten and became a vampire? Are you saying Ooh, that like, Moses that's what... <laughs> was a vampire? Because I am here for that. <laughs> and Aaron had to like kill him. There, I'm sure there's like, there's two sides to every story. Absolutely. Yeah. And one side believes Moses was a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> that is now canon. <laughs> I, I hated this part because he literally locks him in a wood coffin with a very dinky lock that is broken by a like crowbar after three hits. You would think after like, 200 years of beating on that wood coffin he would have been able to get out yeah later in this movie somebody taps a crowbar against that lock doesn't pry it no doesn't hit it with any it force. literally it's just is like, tink tink tap, tink tap. done yeah broken but essentially they they lock the coffin and then they lock his wife into that secret room that was the most brutal to me like mm-hmm. very because she is going to just die and he's going to live forever inside that box yes now they see Seal her into that plywood room painted to look like rocks. And then we get the credit sequence, which is actually a pretty fucking cool animated credit sequence. For the 70s. Yeah. For the 70s. Yeah. Except that it tries to make it look like a bat is eating a woman and it is very sexual looking. Because at first it's like a little blood dot, right? And the bat's chasing the blood dot. I got that. That was fine. And then the blood dot (laughs) lays down and it has tits. And I was like, that was a weird turn. And then for the rest of it, the blood dot's just a woman. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. This is the strangest animation I've ever seen in my life. We're going to move through this. It was very long, though. uh, Yeah, it was was those 70s like style credits where it was like super long, Mm -hmm. which I am not here for. I'm going to be honest with you. I can't stand that kind of stuff. I, well, yeah, and it was basically because it was so much of what I, I feel like I see when I see these movies is like, where are you going? You don't have anything else better to do. Phone, like cell phones don't exist. Like, <laughs> yeah. where are you going? <laughs> yeah. We got you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you paid two dollars yeah. and you're going to watch it. <laughs> I did notice during these credits because it lists not just the actors, it lists everyone who worked on the film that there was a guy named Dean Hodges and his credit is Boom Man. Where the fuck was Dean on this movie? 
We needed a sound guy to hold that boom <laughs> mic a little bit closer. I hope Dean never worked again, and I'm convinced he never worked on this film. <laughs> I, I'm going to argue that Dean was actually their explosives guy. Yeah, he yeah. just never got a <laughs> chance to do anything. I thought it was like a mob thing. Like, they got mob money to help make the movie, but they're like, yeah, you're going to say Dean's your sound guy and give him a cut. <laughs> got to be that. So we cut to Transylvania, present day, and a realtor is giving a tour of the essentially Dracula mansion to prospective buyers. It very quickly codes this couple as queer, specifically as a, a gay couple. Yeah. But it doesn't come out and say it until later. Um, but they end up purchasing the house and finding all of these secret rooms. I have to talk to you about this really quick because the realtor says this was Dracula's house. Dracula was real. And they're like, oh, that's terrible. We should get 15% off the house or whatever. And he's like, deal, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. And then they just sign the contract that he brought with them. At the house. Yeah, like if you had changed the price down 15% or any amount, that's like a whole day you're going to have to wait <laughs> at least to get new contracts. We don't have time. It got taken up by the credits. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He was like, yeah. okay, I'm going to change it. I'm going to write in 15% less and just initial yeah. by that and then yeah. sign it below. <laughs> and then they immediately tell him, oh, we done fucked you over, dog, because all this shit is going to be way more expensive because it's Dracula. We just made rich off your ass. Like, they're yeah. like yes. saying it to his face. I was like, wow, these guys are real rude. Yeah. <laughs> Except that I loved them and was very sad that we did not get to follow them further into the film. Uh, yeah. I was legitimately sad that they were not like bigger parts of the movie. Like, I mm -hmm. wanted them to be like a part of the team that's figuring it out. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, because they had like some clues from the house or whatever, like they got roped in <laughs> from like that angle or whatever. But we actually do find out that they're a gay couple when they go into that loft hidden space where they find the coffin and some other stuff. That's the first time we find out. Yeah, because yeah. one of them refers to the other one as he says, lover. Hey, lover, let's check this out or whatever. Right. So they enter the secret room they find the coffin they don't find his wife's bones which implies that someone else has cleared them out i do love that in this world like that realtor two saturdays ago was removing the bones of his wife like getting ready for this house showing that they're about to do a commission's a commission <laughs> exactly spraying the cookie spray in there be like make it feel like a home why does this room smell like cookies and a decaying body <laughs> they just walk through and they're like so we've got this coffin but this stack of books that's glued together and then glued to this shelf can we keep that too <laughs> it's not really a stack it's just like half books that are yeah. like three inches long and yeah. all you can see is the spine. Yeah. Or the, the plastic computers and TVs. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in a lot of model homes. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Same. Or like <laughs> production sets too are the same yep. way. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so we cut back to Los Angeles where they have gotten all their goodies home and they have a whole series of oil lamps that Bobby, for some reason, calls a greasy lamp. He's like, I'm going to light the greasy lamp. And I was like, what? okay, sure. Is that a thing? I've never heard someone use that term before. I've never heard it never. either. And I have been around many an oil lamp. It was new for me, which is why I remarked on it. Listen, so much of this was like... Okay, what 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 do gay guys say? What do they what do they say? What do they say? What do they say? I don't know, like greasy lamp, you know, love like it. that's Save how it. that's it. Like, right. I love it. It's like so much of this is like clearly from like one straight dude's perspective. <laughs> 
I just kept clocking it over and over. And it's like, obviously it is black exploitation, but it's just like, so, and also like, not just a straight guy, but a straight guy, not willing to upgrade any joke, like yes, <laughs> at all. Like having people repeat the same thing, like a guy that set, keeps calling him a strange dude. Don't besmirch Skillet that way. He's one of my favorite <laughs> Yo, characters. Skillet not Skillet. No, it. the writing. He could have had another line. <laughs> That's true. We could have had synonyms for strange. His name is Skillet. He makes things sizzle. That's what I imagine he says. That's the, yeah, yeah. That's the- <laughs> it just reminded it reminded me of Jamar Neighbors and Keanu as stitches. Yeah, he's, he's always just like stitches, and that's like who he is the yes. whole movie. He does say his name like four times though. We're like, we get it, Skillet. You introduced yourself three minutes ago. So. They go to open the coffin because they want to use it as a day bed in their living room, which I was just like, yes. I did love it. He was like, it'll freak people out. It'll start conversations like this is everything. It's going to tie the house together. Yeah. He's like, don't worry about it. It's open concept. We're going to get a lot of like natural light in here. We're going to do like a feature wall here and then we're just gonna have a fucking coffin freak people out and so he this is this is where he just taps on it with a crowbar and it unlocks um and as he's doing it bobby i think he drops one of the oil lamps but he ends up cutting his arm on a piece of glass i thought he was actually using a crowbar to like pry open something and he slipped with a crowbar and that's what that's what i thought i mean i have no idea it could be either who knows that doesn't matter really whatever what happens is yeah there will be blood that's yeah <laughs> that is yeah. the summary of that scene yes blackula is <laughs> going to drink his arm shake he drinks it up uh so <laughs> as bobby goes to tend to billy's wound blackula comes out of the coffin which no one hears i'm like you're not hearing an ancient <laughs> coffin open up well they're having a spat they're having a lover's quarrel well i mean yeah. a, well i mean yeah he's trying to bandage up his arm but like they are having that fight over. It's too tight. It's not tight enough. It's too tight. Like, we get it, guys. But, like, we <laughs> as an audience don't even get, like, the creepy, <clears throat> like, creak yeah. of the coffin <laughs> opening. We're just like, oh, shit. He is just, like, ninja coming out of that coffin. Like, very silently. So funny. And he gets yep. <laughs> real close to them before they notice him. Do you think they let them ad-lib that? Yes. Do I think they spent time scripting out what they were going to say? Almost never do I think that when watching these scenes. <laughs> I think I'm going to bleed to death. Oh, you're not going to bleed to death. <laughs> well, literally, they wait to turn until Dracula's, Blackula's chest is almost touching their shoulders. Yeah. Like, like he's literally on them, like before they even turn around. And then when they turn around, they're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, no scream. Fancy meeting you here. <laughs> My biggest issue of all, like, there's a lot of issues, but I honestly think the thing that annoyed me the most over and over was like, nobody has a, like the appropriate scare relax reaction, except for once in this movie. Right. Every other time it's like no sound. And, and especially for this kind of movie where you think it's like, everything's supposed to be over the top. You would think like, I'm going to need a blood curdling scream. Like, right, right, right. I just need that. 
for how campy the rest of it is. Yeah. But we get none of that. I mean, the only thing worse than not having that is what we got in Mad Men Mars, where that one person he kills has the craziest scream, oh, where yeah. it's just like, ah! and you're like, that's how you scream when you're dying? You're going to scream like you're running into battle? Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, that's how I'm going to go out. <laughs> Why not? So he he kills Billy. Bobby tries to fight back by hitting him over the back with what is clearly a fake piece of wood because it bends as it yeah. hits him. <laughs> You're saying that because it doesn't break like wood. It bends around him like it's goddamn cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he turns around and immediately attacks and kills Bobby. I thought he just choked him out and then like went back to bite his neck. Like it was very strange. Yeah. Yeah. This movie does not seem to have a clear direction for like, A, how to become a vampire, B, dying if you've been bit, how does that work? As far as this movie's concerned, if you get bit, you are immediately a vampire. (laughs) Like, (laughs) no other qualifications. Yeah, you don't have to drink their blood or anything like that. It's just like, once you're bit, it's like a a virus that just gets you. You're got. Yeah. Let me let Mikey in. So, Mikey, are you recording, first off? (laughs) Black Yellow. I'm here. I did it. Yay! Okay, first, I want to give my first thoughts. Yes. Okay, Okay, Like, Mikey, hit us with your first thoughts. Uh, First thoughts. I don't usually like vampire stories, which is weird because you think I would relate to characters who hunger constantly. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I love when Mikey writes jokes. They're my favorite. (laughs) Hey, Mikey, will you do me a favor? What? Will you talk into this part of the mic, not the side of it? I hate you. I'm just trying to make the podcast sound better. I love you, baby. Well, it would sound better if you changed your voice. (laughs) But... Okay, I I mean I pretty. I, I don't need you shaking your head. Yes, nah. by the way. <laughs> I was just thinking like, uh, if we were in the same room, I'd be ducking. You know, <laughs> it, it, it suffers from a lot of movies from the time like the, the '70s. Like there was like really cool moments that I liked, and like some parts where I was like, okay, don't get on your phone, don't get on your phone, don't get on your phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the credits. Yeah, I thought it was generally pretty cool. There, there we can we can start. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for those. Uh, I'm going to call them seconds thoughts because, you know, you're 40 11 minutes Z's thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 11 Z's. But, Mikey, we completely understand. We made it your excuses at the beginning. It's fine. So that's what we are, though. Blackula has just killed Bobby and Billy. The, the couple house hunting or whatever? House hunters? Yeah. yeah, they were more like interior decorators buying stuff from Transylvania because that's apparently a thing you do. I thought they were buying the house. I think they do. I thought they were buying the house, too. Oh, and then, I thought they were just buying everything inside it. That's a conclusion that I ended up coming to. Right. Because I have no idea what they would do. Mikey, I was with you originally where it was like, Billy's job is as a paperclip manufacturer. <laughs> right? And Bobby <laughs> wants to live by the seashore. Yeah. Their budget is $14 million. And they want a three-bedroom, 14-bath. Yeah. And they would love it if it was a murder scene from a vampire. <laughs> if it was haunted yeah. AF. Yeah. I didn't know Dragon. Dracula lived in L.A. or whatever this is shot. He's like, this is Dracula's old house. And I was like, oh, oh. And then I think that would make it worth more money. But they're like, we can get less money. And I was like, okay. But yes, yes. They went into the secret room and opened the coffins, which is what you immediately do to put in your guest bedroom. They were going to put it in the guest room. Yeah, they were going to put it in the living room. In their living room, Mikey. Fucking coffin. Freak people out. You you say that, but I know there's at least a thousand people listening who are thinking, yeah, coffin in the living room? I do that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's me. 
I'm one of them. Because I'm just like, curio cabinet, piano, fucking coffin. Like, yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, like, as a coffee table, is that what we're thinking? A coffin table. Well, yeah, clearly. <laughs> and then you, they have one of those tops where you can, like, pull it up so you can, like, work or eat from it. But then inside it is, like, an evil doll. Yeah. I'm out. I was thinking liquor cabinet. <laughs> oh, liquor cabinet. That's actually a really good idea. And then you could always be like, hey, come over to my house. We're doing a visitation. And then we could just <laughs> we're gonna, go over no, there. We're going to have an awake. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Anyway, so now you know where we're at. I'm glad to be here to throw the podcast off and <laughs> really waste Crystal's time. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know I've already watched Blackula, so it's too late. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've already wasted an hour and 46 minutes of her time. Let me just recap because I know you don't listen to podcasts because they're an undead medium or whatever. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> Paige loved it. She thinks it's the best movie we've ever done before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I took away from what she was saying. Wow, okay. <laughs> it was more serious than I was thinking it was going to be. I was like, oh, it's Bacula. Bacula. It's going to be like, it's like a black exploitation. It's goofy. And I was like, no, this is like real serious. I really prefer it as Bacula, and it's just Scott Bacula in a shot for shot remake of this. <laughs> well, you see him jump into the, <laughs> the body of Bacula. I love, I love this. I love this so much, Mikey. All right, we got to move forward, though, because Crystal has a hard out, but let's keep moving. So he picks up his cloak and puts it back on, and then we hear, like, an audio flashback to being cursed to be Blackula, and then he lays back down in the coffin laughing, which I love. <laughs> it's insane. But the fact that they literally play that audio again that we just heard not five minutes before that, we're like, yeah. Yeah, I know. I remember him saying that from four minutes ago. Yeah. Like, why are we doing this? And then he does close the coffin. Like, it's like a reaction gif that you always see on Twitter. Of that guy laughing as he's getting inside the car. He's like, <laughs> like slowly backing away. I'm like, what is happening? Why is he laughing? He seemed like a great guy before he was a vampire. And now he's like excited to have killed two people. He's not the only one with creepy laughs in weird places. Yes. Um, <laughs> but he does have a weird moment with the cape. Like, yeah. he like kind of like, like takes a moment with it. And like, I was like, wait, does this complete the vampire thing? Like, or was this his cape from before? Or does it come, like they ship you a, a cape when you become a vampire? <laughs> With your membership card. I legit had that <laughs> thought because he didn't have a cape on when he went into the right. coffin. It was locked. He opened it, got the cape out of it. So yes. the coffin comes pre-caped. Pre-caped, so like, yes. Count Dracula was like, I need <laughs> six coffins for my new batch and I need capes. My favorite part of this this whole movie is the bar they go to periodically where he like shows up in a cape. Obviously a vampire, like dressed <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a Halloween vampire. Like, but at least they call it out though. They don't yeah, ignore yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, because Skillet's like, let me buy that cape, man. Yeah. yeah. They call it out in so much as that Skillet wants to emulate the look. Yeah, but he, he's like, that's a strange dude. Yeah. That cape though. That cape though. Uh, I'll beat him out of it. I like to think that he's falling back back into that coffin laughing because he's remembering that Count Dracula was pretty damn good with puns and he's just like that's a good one (laughs) (laughs) he's laughing about Blackula he's like oh I just got it (laughs) yeah it's been like like 200 years yeah 
<laughs> I hate that for him, man. I hate it for him. Oh. He's got the cape. Now he's Captain Bidaho. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so we cut immediately to Bobby's funeral. No, we don't. It's not his it's funeral. Not his it's funeral. his visitation. No, no, you're right. It's his visitation. You're right. And I have to talk before we get into the scene. I have to talk about the room because it is clearly just a room, but they have curtains all the way around it that yeah. are far enough away from the wall that Blackula mm. can stand behind the curtain and peer out at them. Yeah. It looks like they've put curtains up on like a PVC pipe frame or like a pot, like a pop-up or something in the middle of a different room. Yeah. Like they were just trying to create a room within a room. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was not looking that closely. Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I was more listening to them being like, we didn't embalm him. No, come look at the body. Yeah, oh my god, it would reek. And then Bobby, who was in the coffin, undead, but they think he's dead, like moves his hand up, and the funeral yeah. director is just like, oh, that's normal. <laughs> that happens. I don't think that's that normal. That is normal. Like, people twitch after they die. Yeah, twitch, but it was not like a twitch. Yeah, well, it's not just rigor morris. <laughs> That's drag race fans. I don't think this funeral home is past inspection or board. It's not board certified. I mean, but this does have the best line of the movie, and I'm the only person that can say it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were a few things in the scene I thought was hilarious, but my favorite part of this was when they all walk in, and this is the first time we meet the uh, science examiner, right, Paige? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the scientific <laughs> investigation division. And then we meet his wife. <laughs> yes. who Michelle. Is, yeah, Michelle, who is Tina's sister. Like, that's their Correct. connection, right? Tina yeah. walks in. Oh, is that the connection? Yeah. Yeah. And then Tina walks in, and then Blackula from behind the curtain goes... Luva. And I was like, they could hear you. Like, there's no way they would not have heard him from behind just a curtain go, Luva. Why did he go to the visitation to begin with? How did he know where it was, Mikey? He just walks into the present and he's like, I killed a guy. I need to go pay my respects. There are so, so, so many times in this movie where he just shows up places or whatever. And I'm like, how would he know? Right. And this is one of them. But then later when she like loses her purse and he gets it and, the, and she's like, oh no, my ID and everything is in there. And I was like, he's from the 1780s. Yes. He has no concept of what an ID is or what even what it would be or yeah. where to find an address in Los Angeles. I mean, speaking of that, because like, like files kept coming up missing and then like, you know, somehow he knew that he was going to show up in the photos, so he needed to find the girl. Like, wait, how does he know photography wasn't invented? I was like, exactly. How does he know? How does he know to cover his tracks like this? I do love that there is a world where the police went to that warehouse where he killed Billy and Bobby. They cleaned up that scene and did not touch the other dead body inside a unlocked coffin. Right. Like nobody looked in that coffin to see that there was someone else there. Well, it's too obvious. It wasn't our business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the most egregious version of Blackula knowing things that there's no way he could know <laughs> is when he's just like, yes, I'll have a Bloody Mary, please. And I'm yeah! like... I was like, when in two days did you have time to yeah. A, learn what a Bloody Mary is, 
learn the name of it and be like this will be hilariously ironic in this conversation (laughs) (laughs) this madness but they are like looking over bobby's body right yeah right right. like they're like paying their respects and then the science investigator guy like really does a deep dive on what happened to him let's quote unquote deep dive he's like so he was bitten by a rat or whatever story that they had oh yeah and he's like pulling back the bandage or whatever they use to cover it on his neck they use like liquid latex and there's like a type of modeling clay that yeah. embalmers will use to cover wounds and things like that but even like the the funeral director is like yeah i, I spent like hours making it look pres- th- okay you're just gonna mess it up okay cool cool cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's fine yeah i don't even understand why the scientific investigator is there because his wife knew bobby yeah. He's not there in an official capacity. Well, I don't want my friend's boyfriend touching my dead body. Mikey, <laughs> first off, why are you going to get a dead body? Like, what are you doing in your life that you're going to have a dead body laying around? It came in the coffin bar. <laughs> he also, I like that he's like, his veins are empty. And I'm like, there's no way you could know that. <laughs> so he notices the bite. He notices the veins. And I feel like in this scene, he's like one step from already pretty much believing it's vampires <laughs> oh yeah like this is the first kill and he's just like this seems awful vampirish like he's got a hunch mm-hmm. i mean he turns out to be right yeah 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 but a broken clock is right twice a day like <laughs> this true. is definitely a guy who has blamed <laughs> vampires before yeah what we don't see is the other 80 cases where he's like bet it was vampires <laughs> it was clearly a car accident jerry anyway he basically has the funeral director hang on to the body so that he can further examine it and let him know if he finds out anything else or if he gets the other body from the crime scene into the funeral home and then dr gordon thomas the i called him medical examiner because it seems like that's what his job actually was leaves and the funeral director says the line that oh, yeah. only says, Crystal can say. <laughs> that is the rudest nigger I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. That took me out, honestly. <laughs> I think they went to commercial afterward. I was like, good, because <laughs> I need a minute. <laughs> oh, man. I feel bad for the appetizer who, who came on after that. Uh, so Michelle and Tina are headed to Bobby's mom's house to comfort her, see if she needs anything. Meanwhile, Dr. Thomas is going to go dig up some files on the case to see if he can shed some light on what he saw on the body. So as they're walking to Bobby's mom's house, Tina's like, I kind of don't feel like doing this. I'm going to go home. And Michelle's like, cool, I'll see you at home. So Tina walks home, but she's pretty sure she's being followed. And she starts to run in heels. No small feet. She's being chased by a guy in a cape, Paige. You run. Yeah. Well, and she runs right into him and he's like, Luva, it's me. And she's like, who the fuck? (laughs) So he chases her. She runs into what looks like a subway where it's like down one side and up Mm -hmm. the other. You say it's a subway, but it's fully just a tunnel. Like she goes down the stairs, runs under the street, goes up the stairs. And in that run, she drops her purse for no reason. Yeah. The only reason I said subway is because that's the only time I've ever seen tunnels like that it legit seemed like it was like a busy street where they didn't want to have a crosswalk so they built something under it where you could walk under Mm. the street although i've also never seen that before so like that's because it's a good idea in theory and then like you just mug a ton of people under there Yeah. yeah as she runs he picks up her purse and runs after her and he's hit by a taxi. Oh my God. And the taxi driver <laughs> stops and has like a whole monologue 
which is great. She also is wearing a hat that says cab driver. She looks like a dancer who has like who's like way into taxi cab theme. <laughs> yeah. It's like really tight black leather and like taxi colors thrown out. Oh my uh, god. And she lit- he says nothing other than like I was chasing my love. You you stopped me from getting to her and then she goes on a rant and doesn't say anything else until she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Where she's just like, "Well, why would you jump in front of my car, imbecile?" <laughs> Boy, I mean, I I didn't mean it like that. I'm sure you'll find her again and just like rambles until he kills her. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted him when she runs up to be like, "Luva." It's like every person he thinks <laughs> Every every woman is Luva. <laughs> I do wish she drove him around that taxi for the rest of the movie. Mm. Well, that's Vampire in Brooklyn. That is Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Tina gets home, but she's never purse, so she doesn't have her key. She gets a spare key, gets into her apartment, locks the door, turns on the lights. We should put locks in quotes because yeah. of what happens next. So, she grabs a knife, approaches the door because she hears someone pounding on it, and it's her friend Michelle. So, she brings Michelle in and locks it behind her. Yes, but did you see? Okay. She puts the chain on. Yes. She locks the door. But then the door opens. The chain still catches it. She had not unlocked the door. (laughs) She's like, it's me. We can see that it's this other woman. She closes the door, then proceeds to unlock the door. I'm like... I did not notice that. That's (laughs) amazing. What are are we doing? Like, this is... (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, yeah. There are some other wild continuity errors, and I'm so glad we're pointing them out because they are egregious. So she tells her about being chased, and this is where she's like, You got my purse with my keys and my ID, and I was chased all the way home. Meanwhile, back at his coffin, he's like, Has her purse. And just like, like super pleased with himself, goes back into the coffin like, aha, thank goodness I can steal her identity now. So we cut to the morgue and they're pulling out Juanita Jones's body. She's the taxi cab driver. And the coroner at some point is just like, fine job for a woman running a cab. I think she was looking for something. It's like. By driving a cab? like You saw her yellow uniform. She was dressed like she was asking for it. Oh, is that what he meant? Yes. he kept saying it, and he wasn't saying it in a way where, like, because he was such a weird character and that right. I was like, I don't get the delivery of this line. <laughs> I like how it takes three quarters of this movie for them to reveal that he has a hook for a hand and then yeah! it never comes up. <laughs> it was the wildest thing ever because it it never comes up. Like there's no reason for it. Yeah. And it clearly is not the actor. Like he has. No, it is clearly a fake hook. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, what? Why? Why make this choice? Well, yeah. I thought either A, that's why he's a bad coroner because he can't (laughs) but then i was like no but when she comes after him later that's the hand he puts up and i thought for i was like oh maybe she'll bite the prosthetic and then he'll survive but then we never see or hear from him again right yeah he's gone Anyway, so Dr. Thomas, our science investigation department medical examiner, uh, checks her veins, sees the the wound, the same wound he saw on Bobby, and he does look at her fingers that show signs of a fight. I love that his reaction to seeing the bite mark is essentially, (laughs) yeah, the laugh, another, it can't be. 
What the fuck? <laughs> he says, that's ridiculous. But yeah. he doesn't say out loud what's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, I was like, I love this. He's like, Dracula, you son of a bitch. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> From Jump Street, he was like, oh, it's a fucking vampire. And then like when he saw the bites, he was like, son of a bitch. I love being right. <laughs> vamps coming into my territory i don't think so this is my morgue like what is he doing dear, dear penthouse i never thought it would what happen to me, me. <laughs> dear vamp house oh <laughs> uh, so we cut to him going to the police office at police office station? we cut to him going to the police station thank you <laughs> i was like office this sounds bad i know it's office it's someone's office they it's somebody's office it. in reality it's the same exact room we've just left yes redressed to look like a different set and right. shot from the side instead of straight on yes yep uh-huh yeah. um and he's asking peters one of the detectives there about bobby mccoy and billy schaefer and he wants the file on their murder and we're finding out that those files don't super exist and he essentially accuses peters he says like hey uh where's all this sloppy police work because all of these victims have been black and he's like well billy was white but billy was also gay and so that like it's implying within this movie that they're not investigating what has been called in true crime aka the less dead yeah which there, that's part of where i was like a modern day movie about this with that <laughs> as like an mo for a killer like i'm so into it because that still happens yeah exactly uh and then he accuses the panthers which i found <laughs> hilarious because i was like why would the panthers just kill random black people and one gay guy like why right. would why would that happen oh i thought he meant like actual panthers that's why they were saying <laughs> <No. by. laughs> Yeah, okay, so Mikey, you thought there were just, like, actual Black Panthers roaming the streets of L.A. at night? Jaguars. I mean, that makes as much sense as the Black Panthers doing That's these so murders, funny. but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He basically tells him, have one of your officers bring the files from the other precinct to the club tonight. We're celebrating Michelle's birthday. And he calls the funeral director from before to basically tell him that they're going to do an autopsy on Bobby. And he asks them to wait because the family is there. But as soon as they leave, we can come over and start the autopsy. Um, so he goes back to his office where we find out that Michelle is his lab tech. So that's, I'm guessing, how they met. Yeah. His girlfriend? Yeah, she works for him. That's inappropriate. It was the 70s. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky there was a lab, to be honest. This trends close to Halloween 3 as far as coroner and doctor ethics. So <laughs> the only difference is Tom Atkins had a six pack while he was doing his investigating. He as in, of beer. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, to be clear, <laughs> Tom Atkins was 85 years old when he filmed that movie. An uh, actual six pack on his abs was not an option. <laughs> I was like, That's for so a hot second, I was like, how did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, she tells him about Tina getting hassled on the way home and says that Tina's having the locks changed. And they basically are like, next year we're moving to the suburbs away from all these maniacs and vampires. <laughs> and I just think that that's a really funny reason to move to the suburbs be like, <laughs> Traffic's too bad. Also, the vampire problem has got it out of control. That's how they talk in Gotham City. 
(laughs) (laughs) So we cut to them at the club and I felt like the band was amazing. They get a lot of screen time. I will reveal in fun facts that they have actually had a number one hit. What's the name of the band? Is it, um, wait, Whitey and the Three Blacks? Because that's, (laughs) that's who was Whitey. (laughs) <laughs> it's the Hughes Corporation and they're best known for their 1974 hit Rock the Boat. That oh. would have been after this movie. That's amazing. So yeah. they had a number one hit after this movie. Good for them. Yep. Wow. Yep. Everybody playing an instrument was white. Yeah. Yeah, but everyone dancing and singing black for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I have to point this out, and I'm sure you guys saw it, but while they're shooting the band, just like singing and dancing away, like having a good time, they also cut immediately to that same camera shot but crowd dancing yes in the same area so but like they don't (laughs) cut away and then cut back to it like the people started dancing it is like a singers dancing jump cut to people dancing and the band's still playing but the singers are nowhere to be seen it is bonkers (laughs) it's clearly because they only have that That dance floor yes Yes. Yeah, yeah 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 so Blackula shows up at the club and has the waitress deliver a message to Tina. And Tina, I don't know if she doesn't recognize him from the night before or what, because I'd be like, run! (laughs) Like, that's the guy who chased me. (laughs) He's got a cape. And he knows how to use it. (laughs) And he knows how to use it. I don't understand how, like, she must have suitors of all types only wearing capes like you would notice that right to be fair she actually started off this movie in a cape she was wearing a purple hooded cape oh shit she was wearing a cape yeah (laughs) so that's her kink she got a cape kink (laughs) she's a cape apologist (laughs) you know where she vacations Cape Cod. <laughs> Where they get up to capers. Mm. Oh, mm. Nailed it. I love when I make a joke and it just makes Mikey mad. Like, that's so bad. It should have been mine. Regardless, <laughs> she walks up to him and he gives her back her purse and is yeah. like, I'm so sorry if I scared you. That wasn't my intention. You look like my late wife. But so she brings him back to the table and he introduces himself. This is where we hear he, his name is Mama Waldy again. And he joins them for Michelle's birthday. He like buys them champagne. They're a very open group of friends because they're like, it's my friend's birthday. Join us. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. You do you hate your friend? <laughs> um, they don't address it in this movie, but I kept just based on my previous vampire knowledge. I thought he was glamoring her. That made more sense to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know glamoring was a thing until like Twilight, so I don't know. Or she's just like, ooh, cape, and cape is just like an instant green flag for her. Are you saying she was captivated? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, Mikey. She was captivated. Fuck you. I love it. Captivated. So he sits down with them. They all kind of talk. And as they're sitting there talking, the waitress calls Dr. Thomas and he has to answer the phone uh, from the funeral home to find out that Bobby's body is gone. Now, if Bobby's body is gone, like you would have to assume stolen from the funeral home. Right. You're not going to call the medical examiner. You're going to call the cops. Which he's drinking. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Hey, what? You've never given drunk autopsies? What are you, fucking square? (laughs) Mikey, it's called functional alcoholism. Oh, got it, got it. I saw Halloween 3. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) So... As he comes back to the table, it's the first time that we meet one of my favorite characters in this film, Skillet. 
Skillet is clearly a friend of theirs. Yeah. Because they all are like, hey, Skillet. Like, he's not introducing himself or anything. I thought he, like, worked at the club, honestly, because we only ever see him in that we club. We only ever see him there. I, I got the impression that they were all kind of regulars, and that's how they knew each other. Mm-hmm. That could be too, yeah. Yeah, as Skillet's sitting down... Uh, one of the cocktail waitresses has a camera. This is Nancy, is we'll find out her is her name. Yeah. And she starts taking pictures, and because of the flash bulbs, uh, Blackula needs to leave. And he's like, I gotta go. Like immediately and gets up to leave. And Skillet gets his one line that he gets like four different times in this movie where he's just like, <laughs> That is one strange dude. <laughs> and then as Mama Waldi's walking away, he's like I got to check out this cat again. That's a bad cape. <laughs> he is also captivated. Cape cap captivated page. <laughs> and he turns to look at him as he's leaving and Blackula basically kisses Tina's hand and is like, "Can I see you tomorrow?" And as that's happening, Nancy snaps a picture of them. Yeah. Tina comes back to the table and the same cocktail waitress comes to the table to take another group picture of them. And Skillet is like, why don't you ever look at me that way? And she's like, because it's you. (laughs) Yeah, she shuts it down super quickly. And then she's like, "Uh, I'm going to go develop these photos. I'll bring them back because it's her birthday. Right. And she's like going to bring back some pictures for her birthday. I sort of got the impression like taking photographs of club goers was like her job. Or like her side gig or something like that. I thought it was her actual job. And that house next door to the club was like, like a house that the owner's used for like an office and like a dark room mm. and stuff like that and that's why it was so close to the club i don't know i'm really working hard to make anything nah. make sense in this movie but she does go next door with the negatives yeah now before she says to skillet i know what would develop with you in my dark room and it ain't picture yes yeah, that was a good one skillet's like yeah that would develop <laughs> i like that he like owns it he's like yeah i'm super interested let's do this Let me get a cape and I'll be right there. (laughs) So she goes next door to the dark room and is developing the photos and she hears a sound of somebody in the house and looks out, but there's nobody there. And as she's developing the photos, she realizes that he has not shown up in any of the photos, which again, photography was not invented when he was turned into a vampire. Don't know how he's figured this out or knows this or knows that that's where her dark room is because he's Mm -hmm. already left. I mean, he would not know that he would not show up in those photos. Like, there's no reason why he would think he's got to kill her or anything. Right. And so he has no reason to immediately float to her and bite her. (laughs) Breaking one of my cardinal rules to like just don't fuck with anything that floats. He floats and bites her. He does. He's very clear, like like on a dolly. Someone is behind him, like pushing him, being hidden yes. by the cape. Meanwhile, <laughs> the officer that's supposed to deliver the file to the club shows up just in time to see her collapse on the front porch. Yeah. He goes to help her and she bites him. Yeah, he gets got. He gets got. But that's why the file goes missing, because he's got the file. Right, he's got it. So we cut to the next day after I, I would assume they all eventually went home and had champagne hangovers. <laughs> French champagne hangovers, Paige. It's only champagne if it comes from that region of France. Otherwise, yes. it's just a sparkling white wine. I know. I just like that they point out that it's French champagne like four <laughs> times in that one scene. Yes. So the next day, he's at the police station and he's like, hey, where's the guy that was supposed to bring me that report? And he's like, he didn't bring it to you? He's We haven't seen him all morning, which is how we find out that that guy is missing (laughs) but then he asks can i have a permit to dig up billy because we have bobby's body somewhere but i need to dig up billy's body and he's like no 
not at all yeah you can't you can't dig up his body and of course because he's a medical examiner he's like all right cool i'm gonna do it myself yeah so he goes to the lab where he recruits michelle to be like we got to get a bunch of books on vampires and then we've got to put on old clothes and she's still gonna wear a scarf and layer a jacket blazer and stuff in her old clothes later first off Mm -hmm. it's always a good idea to layer what if the temperature (laughs) changes secondly she just sits there while he digs this whole thing up by himself. If you're going to watch someone self-destruct and chase a vampire, wouldn't what? you want to like watch? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So yeah. they go out and dig up a body on their own as if that's normal, anywhere near normal. And it would take <laughs> legit hours to dig a hole that size. Like he would be digging from like, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night until like 10 o'clock the next morning. Like, yeah, it would be light by the time they're done. It does imply that they're out pretty much all night. Yeah. It would take a long time. So as they, they're planning to go out, they haven't gone out to dig yet because we cut to Tina's place where Mama Waldi shows up and he's like, I needed to speak to you alone. And he basically tells her like, I'm a vampire. You're my reincarnated <laughs> wife. What's good? And she's just like, um, okay. Yeah. Normally I'd be turned <laughs> off by this type of forwardness and honestly just crazy soothsayer type behavior. But that cape, though. That cape, though. Yeah. <laughs> and he tells her about their trip to Europe and how they were kind of double-crossed by Count Dracula. But she and and he tells her, he's like, you'll either come freely to me or not at all. I won't take you by force. That's what's on my dating profile. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey, first off, you shouldn't have a dating profile anymore. (laughs) Secondly, I like that. Like during this thing, he like gets up and walks towards the door and he says something like, well, the train's leaving the station. If you don't get on it now, I'm gone forever. Like he he says, I will not return. (laughs) I've lived again to lose you twice. And she's like, wait, no, we haven't even had sex yet. Like, Let's dig down real quick and then I'll decide. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like the bachelor. (laughs) My favorite is they kiss and then she just undoes the cape. Yeah. Oh, but when the cape hits the floor, he goes from like vampire to like slampire. He's like smiling (laughs) and like, yeah, let's do this. It was so gross. I just thought of slampire like right there. So proud of myself. So proud of myself. So meanwhile, in the graveyard, they're digging up Billy's grave. <laughs> he hits the coffin. He opens it, and Billy just screams and sits up. And again, an unnatural scream, a kind of just like, ah! <laughs> and his first inclination is my favorite because this happens multiple times in this movie. He just slaps him across the face <laughs> and then hits him with a shovel and then stakes him back into the coffin. Yeah, through the heart. He kills him. Yeah. yeah. So it is a vampire and they're like, I wish there was a way to show Peters this. And now we don't know where Bobby is. Clearly he is a vampire too. But we still have Juanita Jones's body, so we'll take Peters and show basically what we just saw. So they call Sam at the morgue, (laughs) and this is the first time we realize that he has a hook for a hand because he, like, prominently brings it into into frame and looks at it. Yeah. I would love to know if there was, like, an abandoned storyline with the hook. But anyway, I'm sure. So he takes her out, but he doesn't lock the door. Meanwhile, they get to Peters' house where Michelle and Peters' wife go inside and Peters is going to go to the morgue with Gordon, but there's like a foot and a half difference in height between them. And there's one <laughs> shot as they're like first walking into the morgue 
where they can't avoid it like there's no way to hide it Mm -hmm. and every other shot they're shot in forced (laughs) perspective but in this one scene like you realize that either Gordon is insanely tall or Peters is super short because he literally comes up to about just below his shoulder. It's really bonkers. I didn't notice that. I couldn't stop noticing it once I saw it. I was just like, how many apple boxes? Is there an entire budget apple boxes? The milk crate challenge actually started on this movie set. Because they had to walk him up to the middle one to get him to where he needed to be for the shot. Yeah. If you guys are on TikTok, you love that fucking joke. (laughs) If you're not, you're like, I don't get that joke. So, meanwhile, back at the morgue, Juanita unfreezes and sits up. Sam is on the phone and she comes running out the door and she does bite the prosthetic hand, but then eventually, I guess, kills him. Yeah, I think just kills him. Yeah, we never see him again. So meanwhile, Tina and Blackula are like after glowing. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to have to turn you into a vampire. Hope that's cool. And she's just like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But this is that scene I referenced earlier where she's like, I love you. And he's like, I got to go. Yeah, it's almost daylight. And she's like, it's 930. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, the sun will sneak up on you, man. You can't. I can't. I got to go. Can't risk it. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's that's the like disorienting thing about this movie is that there are some things that like make a lot of sense. And then there are things that don't. So you get sucked in like, okay, that tracks like Michelle is like, don't kill him. Don't kill him. But then he like just calmly explains like, no, 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 it's fine. Like now he, you know, like he gives like a decent explanation for that moment. But you go from there to like this woman's in a bed, just like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. (laughs) You're my dude now. Yes. You're from the 1700s. 100%. Absolutely. That's for me. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) We get it. You need therapy. You have dad issues. I get it. So we cut back to the morgue. It's a bloodbath. They're holding a crucifix. This is the shot where you you can see that Peters is way shorter than Thomas. Yeah. Uh, they look for the body. They pull the sheet back, which means that she like killed Sam and then was like, I'm a hide. <laughs> she literally got under it herself and like yeah. put it back over her, put her toe tag back on. Like, yeah. <laughs> After you murder someone, it's real nice to go back into a blanket fort. Night, you know? night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. I got a hard out. Uh, thanks for making me watch this hot trash. <laughs> well, Crystal, thank you so much for joining us for most of this episode. Would you please tell people where they can find more stuff from you before yeah. you leave? Thank you. My my website, crystaladams.com, and I'm on all social media as the Dark Crystal, spelled the right way. Uh, you'll figure it's it out. K R I S T A L, because I yeah. didn't, because I'm an idiot. So, just in case you need to know, that's how you do it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, well, thank guys. you so much, Crystal. Thank you. Okay. All right. So, she pops out from under that sheet and they kind of push her back with the crucifix and then they push her past the window and they're like, the sun killed her, even though it is fully nighttime. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's clearly just like one of those uh, construction lights like you were talking about outside that window, shooting inside that window. They're like, that's a street light. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, absolutely. And it like does kill her, but like not like any other way you've ever seen the sun kill a vampire ever because it just like, she just like passes out. That's the same at the end too where it's like all of these vampires it's almost like they just have like sun fainting disease or whatever yeah sundowning sundowning 
Except it's sun-upping. Yeah. <laughs> so now that Peters has seen it and believes him, they put out an APB for fucking vampires. They're like, be on the lookout for vampires. And you're like, I'm sorry, I what? I <laughs> Shoot all vampires on sight. <laughs> Which they do, and it never works in this movie. <laughs> it, nothing. And he manages to kill upwards of a dozen cops by concussing them. <laughs> and they were even wearing helmets to block that specific attack yeah my favorite is as they're discussing how they're going to do an apb to have people look out for vampires is they have like a suspect drawing on the table and it's as bad as the the mobile leprechaun drawing (laughs) (laughs) it's just like a kid drew a vampire it's like be on the lookout for this if you saw the vampire say hey yeah (laughs) (laughs) i want the blood give me the blood (laughs) this is an ancient vampire flute passed down through my family Uh, for uh, generations i believe it's called an ocarina (laughs) (laughs) of time exactly so Meanwhile, it's now daytime. They're like, we can't do anything until night. And so they still all go to the club again, even though they know that there's going to be vampires afoot that night. I do love that Blackula shows up and the medical examiner knows at this point that vampires are on the loose. Be on the lookout for strange dudes in capes. And then he comes in. They (laughs) call him a strange dude. But at no point is he like, he's clearly the vampire. No, see, I think he does know and he's just trying to suss it out because he immediately asks him about the occult. Okay, I mean, I guess that's fair. But before he can do that, (laughs) the waitress comes over and is like, can I get you a drink? And he's like, I'll have a Bloody Mary. And you're just like, what? I bet at that point he was like, all right, that dude's wearing a cape, just ordered a Bloody Mary, and then winky blinkied at the waitress. Like, there's no way he is not the vampire. Yeah, like, he's sticking a straw into that waitress's neck, and her name is Mary, so, like, I think it's him. Uh, We cut to, uh, he asks him about vampires specifically, and tells him that like yeah the police have a theory they think it's vampires but not everyone believes it and he's just like ooh, do tell (laughs) and as skillet shows up he immediately leaves again and we again get that like hey y'all hey skillet and then he's just like out and skillet again remarks on the cape this is when he says let me buy that cape man and he just says he's a strange dude And then he's like, has anybody seen Nancy, who's the girl who was taking the photos? And they're like, no, I haven't seen her since the other day. And he's like, well, when you do see her, tell her the big skillet has got something real groovy for her. (laughs) Which I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, he's talking about his dick. His boomstick, yeah. I thought he bought her a cape, yeah. I've got a chainsaw for a hand with her name on it. Uh, It's real groovy. It's groovy for her pleasure. Oh, yes, Mikey. Meanwhile, Gordon goes over to investigate the dark room and he sees that Mama Waldi doesn't show up in pictures. And he's like, but he's with Tina. And you're like, yeah, dude, it was so obvious. He ordered a Bloody Mary (laughs) in front of your face at night. (laughs) That's the scene that made me think he didn't suspect him like the scene before. So, yeah, it's sort of all over the place. It's all over the place. Yeah. We cut to Tina's apartment where she and Mama Waldi are together. And she's like, how could you be so blasé? Like, you basically told those people you're a vampire, ordered a Bloody Mary. Like, what the fuck? And he's like, you have to come with me tonight. And so they run 
And literally as they're about to leave, Gordon and Michelle and everyone gets there. She convinces them not to hurt him. Although I think they do get a slap in, but he runs. Yes. And the police run after him and they're just like, hey, hold it, mister. (laughs) And they chase. And one of the police officers is like, where did he go? And then he just laughs, giving away his position immediately and just like, (laughs) like orbs out of the shadows and just like smacks that cop's head against a wall once. It would not kill you. It would just, you'd just be like, ow. (laughs) Like like it's it's not enough to kill anybody. Especially in a helmet. You'd just be like, ow, my neck. Like, damn. But you don't understand. He used to play West Canaan football and he had three concussions. (laughs) (laughs) A ten. He had ten concussions. (laughs) In his defense, some people like to laugh when they're like feeling successful. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, Mikey, I think you're insane. <laughs> I'm picturing somebody like, you want to come back to my place? And she's just like, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> and she's like, not anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is not good. Yeah, that is That's not good. That's the laugh of a killer. He's like that new Joker movie where he hands people a card. He's like, when I feel joy, I laugh out loud and it can sometimes be awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Just him laughing as he comes out of the shadows. I damn near pissed myself. I was laughing so hard. Anyway, back at Tina's house, she won't lie down she won't rest and they're like we it's now morning basically we're gonna have cops around the house to try and catch him when he comes back to get you and they during the day are gonna try and find the coffin so they're just following random people and at one point another group of cops thinks they see bobby on the street and They follow him back to the warehouse. Now, here's the crazy thing. Knowing what Bobby looks like later in the warehouse, he was green (laughs) walking down the street. Yeah, he looks very green. Like he's new at walking down the street. No, like he is the color of a leprechaun. (laughs) Yes. So it's almost morning. They follow them back to a warehouse and... They get into the area where all of the where the original crime was, where he killed Billy and Bobby, but also where all the antiques are. And the door closes behind them. And suddenly it's a fucking bunch of vampires, including Bobby. And they end up throwing the oil lamps at them with no fire, just oil. There's no accelerant. The lamps are not lit. They just throw them and they catch on fire. They are like Lamprakov mofftails. Like what? What is like? <laughs> Lamprechaft mocktail? Are you having a stroke, Todd? (laughs) No, they're like Molotov cocktails, but like lamps. They're like Lamptop cocktails. I have no idea how they ignite by themselves. I like Lamprechaft Toptails or whatever I said first. That was insane. Lamprechaft (laughs) mocktails? I think I might be having a stroke. (laughs) Anyway, so as they show up there, the cop that got bit by Nancy is also there and they're like there you are we've been looking for you for days come on in (laughs) like come with us so they end up having to light him on fire as well yeah uh they do break some shovels to use as stakes and as the warehouse burns they kind of run out of that room right into mama waldi who's like were you looking for me i moved my coffin (laughs) ha (laughs) ha ha i like the I feel like this is what I would be like if I was a vampire, because I'd be like, are you captivated? 
Mikey, the puns, the puns <laughs> right? you would think of as a vampire are endless. Because you'd have years. And like, I'd be like hanging on the ceiling. I'd be like, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> so, he would like, as a bat flying into a room, be like, batter up. <laughs> Page head in hand as usual. So mad at us. This kind of sucks for you. <laughs> Mikey, I'm going to be disappointed if you don't turn into a vampire at some point. God, if you don't stop with these puns, you are dead meat. <laughs> so he basically tells him he's going to go after Tina. Uh, and he's got an urgent appointment elsewhere. And then he turns into a bat. And that transformation is so bad. It's the worst effect in the entire movie. And that's saying something. I laughed every time. Because it's, so it's clearly like a styrofoam bat that they've made like a child's craft yeah. in preschool. And it flaps away. Oh, God. So they're trying to convince Tina. They're like, he killed innocent people. Like, he's an actual vampire. Like, I don't know what you're thinking this is going to be. And they leave her alone to try and catch him on the street because they see the bat. And she, Tina, inside the house, hears like a kind of radio sound. This is what made me think she was being glamored because she's like, where? Tell me where. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was just the sonar from him flying his bat around. <laughs> Honestly, when I heard the sound, I was like, can she hear bat sonar? Just like. <laughs> It's like echolocution or whatever that's called. Like yeah, the, echolocation. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I hear him or a mango. I can't and figure he, it he out. Appears and he's like, are you feeling badder? <laughs> <laughs> so everyone on the street sees a giant bat and she's already gone. She's out in the crowd and they kind of follow her and she walks into an underground chemical plant. You know, like the chemical plants you have just around downtown LA underground. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Of course you do. Oh my God. So they hear the police coming. He brings Tina further into the plant. The police search for them and he basically tells her like, I don't really have many other choices. So you got to hide and I'll try and handle the cops. So he once again kind of just like bonks a couple cops heads against walls again just only hard enough for them to be like Ow! and all of those cops are wearing helmets like they are like the motorcycle brigade because they're wearing yes. like motorcycle helmets they would have all been fine that's the whole west canaan football team <laughs> <laughs> so a cop one of the cops tries to shoot at him and shoots tina instead and so to save tina he turns her and then hides her somewhere we don't know where just yet i would assume he was going to turn her anyway i think he was anyway yeah because you don't want your forever girlfriend to get like old you don't want her to die i think is the way you wanted to phrase that mikey no you don't i mean if you're gonna be <laughs> oh i tried Paige. i really did try to save it he's batting a thousand i don't know what you're thinking <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like, you don't want it to be weird. Like, you know, you might be 273, but you get the body of a 35-year-old. You want to be with someone who matches your visual aid. Or, like, you could be 400 years from now in the far future. This is the argument that Edward used with Bella as, like, a 170-something-year-old dating a 17-year-old. And it's creepy AF. Well, that's too young. Okay, that's... <laughs> He could have waited at least one more year. Well, let's be clear. If Blackula wants her to be age appropriate, he's going to turn her in 25 years because she's 25 <laughs> yeah. and he's clearly 55 years old in this movie. You got, 
You guys, it's one four fifth of your age plus seven as a vampire. <laughs> so he's 285-ish in this movie. So no, he's just under 200. So what is one fifth it's of one tenth of your one tenth of your age plus seven? So 27. <laughs> that means he still has two years to wait to turn her. Mike, this is a horrible hill to die on. Yeah, but you are dying on it. <laughs> I think you guys mean undying. <laughs> oh my god! You got a crucifix with your name on it. Yeah, well, you guys are crucifying. Me. I think you're crucifying yourself, bro. <laughs> like I don't think we have anything to do with this. You're taking this too far, lick, like garlic. Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> I got <laughs> of course, Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how I would die as a vampire. I'd be like, this is great. I live forever. Let's order a pizza. And I'm dead. Yeah. Oh, God. So he calls out to basically everyone is like, you're all going to die here, basically, as vengeance for shooting. Oh, man. I loved that part, though, because he literally is like hiding. And the, the police officers show up with the medical examiner and they're like, we got to find him. He's very dangerous. Watch out. And then they immediately split up and go in all different directions by themselves. Not just like in groups, like 30 people went into 30 different directions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And he is somehow hiding in all of them. Just like <laughs> <laughs> smashing heads. But Paige, I do love that like from the shadows, you just hear him like, ha ha will be mine. <laughs> like he's like yelling from the shadows. It's amazing. My favorite is because he like sinks into the shadows and is like murking them like one by one. And at one point, <laughs> one point he slaps a guy who then falls to his death. Hilarious. But then he takes another guy and just throws him down a set of stairs containing another dozen policemen. And they all just like tumble down like dominoes. And he's like, oh, yeah. killed 13 in one fell swoop. It's amazing. Look, West Canaan football is super dangerous. And they all did not want his life. <laughs> Meanwhile, the doctor with the crucifix closes in on the coffin. They open it and he stakes without looking. And it's Tina. Yeah. They have to hold Michelle back as Tina dies. Because that's her sister. Yeah. Yeah. It was her sister. She's not her sister now. She's un-Tina. That's fair. It's not her. It looks like her, but it's not. <laughs> anyway, so Mama Waldi shows up. And they kind of back up and give him some distance so we can have a moment with Tina. And he's just like, well, I have no reason to live anymore. So he just walks up the stairs toward the sun and just kind of lays down on the sidewalk <laughs> where he turns into a creepy skeleton. And, and that's, that's the movie. movie. All right. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie or half the movie, Mikey, Give us some final <laughs> thoughts. What did you guys think about Blackula? Classic. Very vampire-y. It is an interesting movie. I think everyone should see it, but the production values of it were terrible. Parts of it were hilarious. Like, people should see it. I think it's worth seeing. I wish I watched it with you. I wish we did, like, an Amazon watch party for some of these movies so we could watch them together. Oh, shit. We could do that. Would you guys want to do that with me? I don't have a lot of friends. Mikey, I, as one of your friends, say yes to that request. I think if it's on Amazon Prime, I could stream it on Twitch, Mikey, because Amazon owns Twitch. Yeah, you can also do Amazon watch parties. Like, if you all rent yeah. the film, you can watch them together in a chat room. Anyway, it was super fun. It is super fun, yeah. But like Mikey was saying, it's better if you watch it with people, I think. Yeah. I watched it alone, and I was like, ha, 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 ha. I wasn't. It was it was not as much fun alone. It was more fun to talk about. Yeah. Well, Paige, you have some fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. 
Vampire fun facts. So this was written by Joan Torres and Raymond Koenig. Okay. And they then basically gave it to their agent, who then becomes a producer on the film. And they found William Crane, who was an up-and-coming African-American director, and found him to film. But the script was actually very, very different. Um, Once they cast William Marshall, who plays Blackula, they decided to actually do some pretty significant rewrites because he was a stage and screen acting veteran who was known for playing Othello in like six or seven different productions of Othello. He's like the Othello. Wow. And so that's why he's got kind of that crazy voice and that crazy gait and that crazy way that he talks because that's what he's used to is like he's more often a stage guy. I didn't think about this, but it does feel like if Othello was a vampire. I mean, the best parts of the movie where he is on screen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so they changed the script from being just like an average guy who turns into a vampire to Mama Waldi, basically this like prince who's then been turned. That's when they add the part in Transylvania. Okay. So wait, that was a rewrite? (laughs) That was a rewrite. Oh, wow. One of the things that's been noted about this movie when people kind of study study it from a critical lens is that after the Transylvania scenes, so after the beginning, there is no specific defined race for any character. Essentially, you could replace any of those characters with any race and the movie does not change. Okay. Um, which is very unique because typically in black exploitation, you do have some pretty race centric characters. And one of the reasons people point to that in this movie is the idea of to argue that you can't have black characters in movies as prominently as white characters is ridiculous because we just had a movie where anyone could play anyone and we cast mostly black people and the movie would not change otherwise, which means you could cast black people anywhere and you should be. Isn't that sort of like what black exploitation did though for Hollywood? Because before black exploitation movies, there weren't really like black leads. Exactly. And then Hollywood was like, well, they actually make really good money. So there's no reason why we shouldn't do that. Well, in this movie specifically, because oh, okay. you'll notice there's a lot of stereotypical roles in black exploitation films, like pimps or sex workers right. feature prominently. There's none of that in this movie. They are just no. regular roles played by regular people. And specifically, the way that this movie treats women is pretty revolutionary for a black exploitation film at the time. And again, the thing to remember is not all black exploitation films are written by black people or directed by black people. And in some case, they are exploitative. And this movie really specifically tries hard not to be because the women in this movie, A, pass the Bechtel test. Yeah. B, have jobs, names, lives completely separate from other characters in the movie. They are three-dimensional, and they're depicted as more fleshed out than most female characters in a lot of exploitation films at the time. Yeah. Even the smaller roles, like... Probably a lot of films at the time. Yeah. In the early 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Even Juanita Jones, the cab driver, has character to her and has her own voice and her own vibe in the movie. Even Nancy, the nightclub photographer, like all of these women have more to them. So we've got a movie that with a story that does hold together, even though the production's not great, I understand. You've got a movie that doesn't lean on stereotypes and you've got a movie that prominently features multiple women in three-dimensional roles. Now, the one drawback, this movie does not treat its gay LGBT characters well. (laughs) 
and yeah. we get a lot of slurs. I think that's a little bit of the product of the times, which is still not great. But when we look at some of the other movies at the time, this movie actually does some pretty progressive stuff and it is popular enough to get a sequel so the very next year we get scream blackula scream yeah. where we keep william marshall as blackula and then we get pam greer um who is famous for her exploitation films yeah. and so i would be really interested to watch that eventually on the show later but this movie does break a lot of ground and part of that is due to william marshall he's kind of central in a lot of the rewrites and so he comes up with a lot of the background story about being an african prince with those writers as like a co-writing thing if you'll remember from when we talked about night of the living dead Dwayne jones does the same for his character ben yeah yeah, yeah. i remember you saying that very similar where it's this idea of like infusing a little bit more depth to these characters based on the actors playing them. This is also the first instance of a black vampire on film. So that's notable okay. as well. And it was much more popular than people anticipated. I'm not going to give actual dollars because you will in just a second. But it comes out at number 24 on Variety's list of top films, and it becomes one of the highest grossing films of 1972. So that's part of why this movie endures. And even though it's not a great movie, it's not perfect. And exploitation films are not perfect as a whole. This movie does gain some ground for what will become black horror and an acceptance for black people, black actors, black stories and horror. Something we're still working on. We're definitely not there. There's always room for improvement and room to grow. And I'm excited to see the current renaissance of black horror films. But I feel like you can't really talk about black horror without acknowledging this movie and those are your fun facts well awesome thank you so much for those awesome fun facts now i wasn't able to find much information on the actual budget and stuff for blackula did you come across anything that actually had it not budget i just have it's gross what did you have for it's gross it grosses over a million dollars Yeah. okay so that's what i found too but that's 1972 and i did adjust that for inflation it's like 6.6 .6 million dollars today i did see the uh budget was and I saw it in two different places and one said it was adjusted for inflation Okay, and the article was written in 2015 and it said the budget was $500,000 so that's $500,000 in 2015 so if you'd like backwards scale that from 2015 to 72 that's like $88,000 in 72 that makes sense so it's a pretty low budget movie which you can sort of see on the screen and hear with your ears because it's, <laughs> the, the audio is really bad. You could sort of figure that out, yeah. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, it made pretty good money, um, you know, just over a million dollars on a, what would be at the time, like an $88,000, $90,000 budget. So it did get enough to make a sequel literally the next year. So, but that's your box office. Mikey, let's hit him with that scary scale. Yeah, scary scale is scary of how scale of how scary we found <laughs> the film today. Yeah. It's a scale of one to 10. One example is Ghostbusters. Ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Are we all in agreement that this is a one? Do we, yes, yes, absolutely. It's absolutely a one. If you were asking me how scary I found the production of this movie, I would give it like a seven or an eight. <laughs> but for like scare factor, it's a one. So this week, you guys made me watch Blackula, but next week, it's the listeners that get to pick. So, And they actually suggested for what Paige thinks 
were awesome, awesome movies. Demon Knight, His House, People Under the Stairs, and Tales from the Hood. And People Under the Stairs edged out His House for the win. So your homework for next week is to watch the, what I'm being told is a horror comedy, People Under the Stairs, and then, of course... Listen to next week's episode. All right. Do you want me to read a review? Yeah. So let's have you read a review, Mikey. So have you, do you already have one picked out? I do. Awesome. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Madre Myers says, perfect. Oh, why, thank you, Madre Myers. Is that the whole review? No, no, no. There's a couple more sentences. Oh, okay. Many. I bet it's M. Audrey Myers, though, Mikey. No, it's Madre Myers. Okay. Definitely Madre Myers. That makes sense. That's the name. <laughs> this joke slaps. We'll use it every week. <laughs> Absolutely love this podcast. Oh, I thank you. Thank love you. Love horror and love the concept of the horror version. Love, love, love. But then they end it with LOL. Like Blackula ends so many of his conversations. Yeah. Or they just mean love out loud. Oh, I love oh. that. Hello. But also. <laughs> <laughs> well, M. Audrey Myers or Madre Myers. Thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, you leave us a five-star review on Apple iTunes and we'll have Mikey read it for you. This episode brought to you by Nick B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah? He laughs every time he kills someone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I believe it. So this episode also brought to you by Tia and Tia listens to the podcast while she's dealing with her crazy teenager. And this week, Mikey, how did her crazy teenager make her life difficult? She asked her to do her homework and instead of doing it, she just retreated into the shadows laughing. (laughs) (laughs) She started dating a vampire 10 times her age plus seven. Oh, (laughs) wow. That's terrible. They matriculate a lot. (laughs) (laughs) This episode also brought to you by Awesome Possum Blossom. And Awesome Possum Blossom wants me to give you some awesome possum facts. So here's one for you. The North American spotted possum can mimic the sounds of three distinct animals. The American lion, the emperor penguin, and the common goldfish, which is used to confuse its predators so much it has enough time to get away as they scratch their heads. So that can call the emperor penguin for help? Where was the kingdom of pe- penguins when possum called for aid? You can have my beak and my, <laughs> and my fins. fins. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, wow. We got there. All right. So this episode also brought to you by the number Jeff. And Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down an episode of the Jessica Jones Netflix Marvel TV show and have started moving into the Agent Carter series because they got through all of the Jessica Jones series. So, guys, check that out on any podcast app. This episode is also brought to you by Brandon's Bug Business, and Brandon's Bug Business is actually called Bug Cage Company on Facebook. So if you want to get any bugs, like a scorpion, centipede, millipede, lima bean, any of those things shipped to you, reach out to Bug Cage Company on Facebook, and they will ship you some bugs. We now return you to another episode of The, the Patreonicals. All right, bitches, we're back. Let's do this. Let's roll. All right. My mom asked if I could share with you story structure, and I was like, no. That would just make it worse. She was like, can you teach Mikey the story circles? And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm in a story pentagram. I'm pentagram. <laughs> Actually, if your mom would like to guess right the Patreonicals, I would be so open to that. I'm sure she doesn't, but she'll listen to this and reply either way. Okay, well, here we go then. <laughs> okay, it's it's like four days in the future for some reason. I've decided we're going to go there now. Okay, great. Eat that, Paige's mom. Like, we're just going to flash forward. It's story structure. 
Story structures are a flat circle. Paige's mom. Yeah. By structure, I mean I just build on top of each week until it falls over like a Jenga. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with Jenga? People love that game. <laughs> In fact, we opened to everyone playing Jenga. <laughs> oh, my God. These are so planned. How did you know I was going to mention Jenga? You're just fucking psychic. Uh, Domasaurus is in a coma while Kate just removes a piece with her psychic powers of the Jenga board and puts it on top. And everybody's like, oh, that's cheating, blah, blah, blah. But for the record, though, that is cheating. I'm just going to go on the record and say that is cheating. I mean, I agree 100%. Thank you. So Kirun is crying over Domasaurus's body. Because he's in a coma because Amy, the astronaut, did surgery on him a couple weeks ago and to get his control collar off and it's still like weird or whatever. And Scott, the thing, is in a corner crying because they won't let him play Jenga because his hands are too big because he's made of rock. <laughs> and oh, he always knocks it over. <laughs> and then uh, Sasha, she whispers a love note into a mouse and lets it go over to Eddie and he like the mouse tells Eddie the love note and it's like a real cute moment they're like a, if will they won't they but then they go to the back and they hook up so like it's a will they you know like they're hooking up okay mammal style because he talks to mammal okay what is mammal style Mikey is it just missionary like what well technically mammals have nipples so yeah they're showing their nipples <laughs> <laughs> they're just touching nipples. There's no penetration no, at no all. Penetration. Oh, okay. They're just rubbing Mammal. their nipples on each Sensual other. Sensual nipple touching. <laughs> it's the safest sex. Yeah. Not all sex has to be penetrative or yeah. produce children, I agree. Todd. I agree. Yeah. Miss us with that heteronormative <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Grow up, Grandpa. Grow up, Grandpa? Grandpa's are the most screwed up, <laughs> I just want to make sure I'll be doing it right later tonight. <laughs> I can't wait to just look Natalie right in the eyes and be like, this is mammal style. You have to close your eyes. <laughs> You're ruining what makes it special. Let your nipples do the seeing. <laughs> Why? Did we go here? <laughs> I don't know, but I never want to leave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, let's get through this. Let's get through this. <laughs> so, so Jenga. You were playing Jenga. Jenga. Okay, so. Nipple Jenga, yeah. Nipple Jenga. <laughs> then Wes, the ghost from the future, he's just sitting in the corner watching them do mammal style sex. <laughs> Wishing to be the friction in your nips. <laughs> okay. Domasaurus wakes up. He's a vampire. <laughs> Domasaurus, the Tyrannosaurus Rex from space. <laughs> yeah. Who is now a vampire. He's now right. a vampire. Okay. Yes. But he can't bite anyone's neck because he can't get close enough because of the tiny but, arms. Or he bites too big. Yeah, he yeah, never, yeah. he bites too big. <laughs> and then he runs out into the city. They're in San Diego. <laughs> They're in San Diego. They took the PCH down to the ocean. You could do that. You can do yeah, that. They, they did it. Yeah. So anyway, the bad guys, they're on the other side of town, right? And it's... Uh, Evil, most evil Matthew and Kaylee are also doing it mammal style on the back. <laughs> Everyone is doing it mammal style. Sex sales talk. <laughs> I mean, that is a proven fact, Mikey. 
And that's saying something, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're, they're in the room. <laughs> but then Dreskel, he also is having moon sex with Danielle, the moon Wait, what's queen. Moon what's moon sex? sex? Oh. It's just rubbing your butt cheeks together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. The moon people have come down from the stars to teach us moon style. They're really into ass play, but it's literally just like mooning each other. It's and making your butt cheeks together. clap on someone else's butt cheek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's butt cheek applause. <laughs> They're doing a threesome. It's uh, it's just Aaron the Moon General Danielle. And Dreskel from the Illuminati just clapping their cheeks together. It's it's really like a, a, a like a twerk circle, a twerk, yeah, twerk circle. They're over there twerking off. <laughs> it's a total eclipse of the heart because eclipses are the moon. Yeah, we got fine. it. Whatever. Okay. Like we understood it, Mikey. It's a calligraphy style, not calligraphy, Caligula style <laughs> orgy. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, a calligraphy style orgy is just somebody writing in really fancy letters, like while getting railed I from touch behind. your butt and then you lick my nipples. Calligraphy style. So we've learned mammal style, moon style, calligraphy style. I feel like you need to have a Patreonicals Karma Sutra. Oh, yeah. I like this a lot. Anyway, let's get back to the seriousness. Yeah, let's focus up, Mikey. Yeah, let's get yeah, back, yeah, yeah. To, let's get back to the last time it was serious, like before we started and we were talking about our day jobs. <laughs> Isaac has Dave tied up and he's cutting off pieces of Dave and making Dave eat them. We're just. Oh, okay. And he's eating them too. It, he. Makes him eat a piece of his ass, and then Isaac takes a piece of his ass and eats it. They're having a butt fay. <laughs> God damn it! I hate that I laughed at that. <laughs> That's it for this week. <laughs> oh wow! What happened to Mikey that made him so overtly sexual on this Patreonicals? Something with his nipples. <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. We'll find out next week on another episode of uh, the, the Patriarchals. I'm, so I'm so ashamed. As you should be. <laughs> Paige, close it down. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm nipples. <laughs> and I'm moon. And I'm butt cheeks. <laughs> Keep it nippy skippy. (laughs) Have a perky week. (laughs) Bye. Twerk off nerds.